Omaha needs a outlet like this, what you're doing, an opportunity for people to promote and share the stories about our arts and culture scene. Yeah. It's a huge need. And the analogy, I've, I don't know if I should say this, but the analogy I really like to throw out is I would love to see Omaha podcasting be like the Saddle Creek scene in 2006, 2007, 2008. Like when, yeah. it was, when Omaha was the indie music scene. Yeah. Can Omaha be the indie podcast scene? Very excited to be at the Weberized Studios down at Millwork Commons. Yay. Excellent facility with my friend and early supporter, Margie Sturgeon. Co-founder with her husband, Richard Manning, the behind the scenes and the production elements. Richard, say hi to everyone. I know you don't want to. Hello, everyone. There he is. And he sounds wonderful. I don't know why he doesn't want to talk more, but. He's got that voice. If you're looking to know more about podcasting, I'd say you guys are the place to start. And Margie does a podcast 101 seminar or class through Do Space. And I went out there earlier this year just more to see what other people were doing, honestly. I was like, I wonder who the types of people are who come to this and what were people listening to. And it was really interesting since I've launched this. The number one question I get is from people that are interested in starting their own who have some general questions. Uh Uh-huh. So I thought we'd just do a general podcast 101. Yeah, so that makes me excited. I'm (laughs) ready. Yes, and then also the Omaha scene and... Omaha's got a lot of industrious people and creative people. so Super creative environment. Yeah. And how long have you, you were early, I'd say locally, if not the first that was very podcast dedicated. You could see that coming a couple of years ago. You've been here three years just at this facility. Mm-hmm. How long has Weberized been a company? So Weberized is five years old. Wow. It started as a outlet for me to do independent contract work for social media management and various other digital marketing channels. And then we really, Richard and I, we really talked about it and we were like, let's go in on this. We can help people tell their stories. So we bought gear. We started out with a few people in our inner circle or reached out to like a little bit of the comedy scene and was like, we need proof of performance. Yeah. So we worked with someone on a podcast for them. And then we started with a nonprofit, Keep Kids Alive, Dry 25. That was one of our earliest podcasts and we're still going. And five years ago when you took the leap, what were friends and former coworkers? Was there skepticism? Was there like, oh, podcasts? I don't know. Or was everyone pretty into it. It's funny you say that. So I am very risk averse. So the very first thing I want to do is gather more information. And I was also toying, I've always been like tech adjacent. So I actually went to one of the early startup Omaha weeks and there was a gal there from the Omaha chamber. And I talked to her about, is this an idea? Can we do this here? And she's like, we'll gather information and do a survey. So I literally put together a survey and I posted on Reddit and shared it amongst friends and family and got maybe 30 responses, but that was enough to know there is a need for people because there is a large learning curve when it comes to editing. So there's a need there because podcasting is absolutely something you can take on yourself. 
but it's a lot as you probably well know (laughs) it's a lot so there is a need out there and we can solve that problem which is the core of any business or startup what problem are you solving yeah so from there we went to again that proof of performance gathering examples and case studies i guess you could say of we can do this we have the skill set we're Basically, we're building our own confidence. Yeah. And then eventually it was finding a spot and asking around. Everyone was like, again and again, try the Mastercraft building, try the Mastercraft building. So we toured the property and they wanted to know more about what our intent was. And we told them we want to support creatives. We want to support people who have a desire to uplift others and help them share their stories. And so after that, we signed the lease and here we are. Yeah. Were you finding a specific type of client early on or was it all over the map it's been all over the map but at the very core of it it's people that have a story to share and they're passionate about it they come to us and our fees are purposely kept low because again like i said podcasting the barrier to entry is so low you can literally do it with your phone and then as you get better you can upgrade so the fact that some people need help, like I want to keep those costs low for them so they can get their message or whatever is important to them out there. And I like that at the podcast 101 class, you do make it pretty much as simple as if someone has a smartphone, which yeah. most everybody does yeah. here, and you can teach them the more complex. I guess, first of all, podcasting is not streaming and it's a different thing than what Twitch is. When I first started teaching the workshop, I had a strict definition of what a podcast was. It was audio on demand, basically. And this past year and a half, I don't even like, you know, me. I don't like rules. Like the only rule I have is wear headphones. And (laughs) so now the definition, quote unquote, is so like, it's your YouTube channel. It's your public access show. It's whatever you want it to be is your podcast, whether it's audio or video or whatever new format comes out. VR, virtual reality. Oh my gosh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So how did you then get into the do space, putting together the class? When did that come about? So it's been a few years since I started that. The do space used to offer a business membership and actually plays a role in how we were able to sometimes meet with our first few folks that we were doing for free. So there was no exchange of money and we used the meeting room to record, brought our gear in and set up. I love that do space is a little bit part of our origin story. Yeah. And so once we got to that point, I was like, you could also with that business membership reserve the classroom. Right. So I would love to just connect with people over podcasting. Let's do a workshop. So I put it together and shared it on social media. And there was a fair turnout, like I think 10 people that first yeah. time. But then I got an email from DoSpace. They're like, hey, if you're doing classes or stuff, you should probably let us know. Because <laughs> at that time they didn't allow it. So oh. we worked together and then we got out on a regular schedule and it's been going ever since. We're back doing it again and there'll be one in November. So it's still going and I still hope to keep it going and just keep updating it for people that want to explore new tools and technology that can be part of their podcast. What's the most surprising thing you've learned about the aspiring podcaster of Omaha? The most surprising thing? I think there's that desire and that passion to be creative and share with others. That's what I see, but I'm also like, that's what I thrive on. (laughs) I went to two of them. The second one was just a couple weeks or months later. I just wanted to see who comes again, what the 
general ideas were and do a little bit of marketing myself. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised at the diverse in age, class, race, every kind of thing. I was like, this is a pretty, it's not all just younger folks or whatever. It it was all over the map with all sorts of different ideas. Yeah, totally. And what's cool, for example, the first workshop I did at the new Abrams location, new space, we went down to the new studio there just to check it out. And one of them was a nurse, retired nurse. And she's like, I have stories to tell. Yeah. And, And then so I quite like to encourage class participants too, like, please let me know when you create a podcast. But that was cool to see a successful participant in the workshop going on and you even like, you know, going on. And now here we are. Yeah, that's right. We're doing it. Yeah. So what's the weirdest idea that anyone's ever brought? Has anything just really surprised you or you've had to politely try and steer them or not that, so much yeah. generally we talk big picture we don't yeah. get into everyone's specific ideas because some people hold that really close yeah. to the chest so I don't want to pry or anything like that but I also want to give people the tools and resources to feel like they can get started so this last class though was the first time I've really used chat GPT to help start that mission statement, which is the first thing I say that every podcaster should have as a mission statement because it keeps you focused and purpose-driven. Just like any nonprofit or organization, they have missions and values. And so that helps drive your content. And so we did, we asked, we used ChatGPT to prompt it and help us write that paragraph. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And what are the prompts that you're giving it a general like genre of the podcast or what type of things are you inputting? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I so far have read two books on AI in the last year. One was an introduction and this other one it has got pictures in it, but it talks about the (laughs) philosophy and stuff behind AI. And so I'm learning about the core of what drives AI and how it works. And I'm also learning through TikTok and YouTube about what makes a good prompt. And I feel like I might be oversimplifying it. I'm not super confident. I feel like an imposter, but it's as simple as asking, hey, I want to start a podcast where I've got this to say. Can you help me write a mission statement? Huh. That's yeah. it. And it's just thought provoking, mm-hmm. whatever it comes up with. It can do outlines. And usually it's a few paragraphs. And from there, I'll be like, can you help me refine this based on this point and this point? And usually it's like keywords that are in the yeah. answer it already gave me. And so then I refine it. And then it's just copying and editing it to your own Word doc and adding your own words. It's then as far as the episode descriptions themselves, are you just entering in? Oh. I did a podcast about this and what are the descriptions? Man, the last year has been wild when it comes to tools or faster tools because Dropbox has added automatic transcription to whatever you put in there. So if you take that transcription, I used to tell people you can subscribe to services like Descript or Otter.ai for 10 hours of free transcription, boom, here's Dropbox with just transcribing everything you put in there. Yeah. Great. So you copy paste that into your chat GPT chat and then say, I need a summary of this transcript. Huh. That's pretty much your episode description. Wow. Yeah. I had not considered wild. that. Yeah. Totally. And then, so now you have your chat history where your transcript is in there and you've got that summary. And then from there you can say, hey, based on the summary you gave me, can you help me brainstorm episode titles 
And generally, I recommend your episode title includes the person's name, because from what I've learned in SEO the last few years is that, especially in healthcare, people search doctors, people search people, and or someone they know. So that name recognition is integral to discoverability. You ask the AI, hey, can you help me brainstorm an episode title that also includes the person's name? Hmm. And I like to ask, please provide five options. And I'll piece together the words that I like usually. But with Chat GPT, it is almost just like a friend telling you something. And right. sometimes it's really smart and sometimes it's not true. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit dangerous if it especially feels like a friend or a helpful assistant telling you things because it increases that level of trust. Yeah. And that's not necessarily earned that trust. What's the biggest impediment to people? Is it the creative storytelling? things that the content essentially an outline or however someone does it or is it the technical editing mm-hmm. sound stuff that why do people run out of gas with it when they do it can be overwhelming yeah and that's one of the things i say too if you search google how to start a podcast there's so much out yeah. there and it's overwhelming and so when there's an someone who can break it down, just like anything, you break it down into little doable bits and then you can keep it going. But then there's a thing term called pod fatigue. So basically, I'm just throwing this number out there, but like after 10 episodes, people get tired and it's disheartening when you see every time like maybe 30 plays or it's disheartening when you see no one engaging with your social media. It's disheartening when you don't see website traffic. So that tells you like, is there something you need to change up? Don't stop. Yeah. Is there something you can change up, a different tactic you can try? Maybe talking to different people or framing it differently or shortening it. Like some people don't need an hour long. <laughs> yeah. Are, are people ever overwhelmed, like paid clients from just the creative standpoint? Or are you stepping in and you're giving them the guidance so they're mm-hmm. not feeling that? But Yeah. So a lot, like the first phone call I ever get, there's so many questions people have. Yeah. And so- I feel like it's really important just to set them at ease, find out what it is that they're needing and where we can meet that need for them. Some people come once, some people come five times, like it all depends on what their needs are. So people are overwhelmed, but also nervous. And that's the other thing. I think one of the earlier questions you asked, what's the biggest hurdle? I can't tell you how many times I talk to someone, they're like, I want to start a podcast. And a lot of women are like, I'm not sure what I'd say though. And I feel like it, uh, women typically, I think there's research out there about women won't apply for a job unless they meet all the, the requirements. Whereas the male gender will be like, Oh, I've got six or seven. Let's do this. Yeah. And six or so, usually one or two. <laughs> if that. I should be president of this company. Being generous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You could tell your president. And that's actual studies that I've scrolled by. So. Chat GPT has showed you several yes, pieces of data. No. Yeah. So I just, I want to encourage women to be like, yes, grab your friend or grab whoever and you have a story to tell. It is nice to go to the a 101 where you've got that other group. Someone might ask the question you're too embarrassed to ask or totally. something basic. There is stuff even on the technical side, things change and there's updates and there's best practices. And it's nice to have someone like you that's a professional 
doing it every day and is up on all these things. So if you're interested in your own thing, uh, do you have the next one scheduled in November or Richard, chime in if you got anything? November 19th is the next uh, intro to podcast oh. class. Voice of God. Yes, coming through. Thank you. That was perfect timing. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't have planned that better. Yes. Thank so November you. 19th. So it'll be on the do space calendar. But the other thing to throw out there too is there's another resource for anyone interested in podcasting. It's the Omaha's Public Access Channel. Yeah. Which is KPAO. And it is not only is it on cable, but it is streaming over the KPAO website. And then a lot of the programs also get put on the KPAO YouTube channel. And full disclosure, I'm on the CTAC board, which oversees KPAO. Yeah. I volunteer. And we meet about six times a year. And the studio manager there, Mike Wallace, is awesome. He was also recently featured in Omaha Magazine's B2B edition, talking about podcasting. And it's free as well. And you can check out camera gear. You can check out lighting gear. You can go home with it, make your podcast at home. And then you just have to create a 28-minute program that airs on KPAO. But after that, you can take that digital file and post it on whatever platform you want. So yeah. there's some really cool things going on there. There's resources out there to help build your skill set. And so there's opportunity. Thank you for guiding us through. The very last slide of my workshop is measuring success. And you might remember I spend a couple of minutes just saying, yeah, you can look at these numbers and these numbers. But really the question to ask yourself is, are you feeling fulfilled? Yeah. And if that's the case, then by all means, keep going. I'm feeling fulfilled. Yay, me too. Margie Sturgeon, <laughs> Richard, thank you so much. Weberize, check them out. Millwork Commons. It's the Mastercraft building. Yes. We'll put a link on the page, but thank you guys for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you.